What's up and welcome to the Single Player Experience, the premier podcast, the hottest thing since Dragon Ball Z itself. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and in this episode, we're talking about stories of EA's past. And, you know, instead of me doing the research and talking about things that I probably know secondhand or thirdhand based on rumors or gossip or reported stories, I decided to go straight to the source. So for this episode, I am talking to a former employee of EA, Eric Byron. Eric is currently the host of the No Harm in Asking podcast, where they review other podcasts, not to promote them, but to analyze to see what we can learn from some of the best shows out there. Eric used to work for EA for over a decade, and as a result, he has plenty of experiences and stories, many of which he's going to share in this episode. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is the Single Player Experience, and it starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest with us today. Joining me, he was the development director for EA, and he's one of the hosts of the No Harm and Asking podcast. He's the one, the only, Eric Byron. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you, Sebastian? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Happy and excited to have you on the show. So, Eric, for those people who might not know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm Eric Byron. I live in Hong Kong. And um, as Sebastian and I talked uh, earlier, I have some really interesting experiences uh, in the video game industry specifically, uh, but across uh, entertainment and uh, a variety of different technical roles uh, in a bunch of different companies. So we've had some fun along the way. Well, well, that's really cool. Like, it's really nice to see someone who's like killing it and also like, you know, living across the world. How's it living in Hong Kong? That's very cool and, and really surprising, I guess, that I've <laughs> taken to living in Hong Kong. I grew up in rural Western Mass, literally <laughs> in the woods, you know, just surrounded by acres and acres of trees. And you couldn't see another house from my house, right? It was that kind of rural. <laughs> and now I live on the 35th floor of a 60 story building in a complex with, I think, 12 or 13 60 story towers. Um, so there's like more people in my building than in my entire hometown where I grew up. That is insane. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I've been here 10 years. Love it. It's an incredible lifestyle. It's, it's really, really nice. Uh, enjoy it very much. <laughs> so is this something you always wanted to do, like live in Hong Kong? Uh, no. <laughs> Actually, my, my wife is a native of Hong Kong. So she was born and raised here. And then she came over to the U.S. Uh, in the mid 80s. And we met at uh, Disney. We were both working at Walt Disney World. She was there on a one-year program, and uh, I met her and fell in love, and you know, we got married and had kids, and we stayed in Florida a long time, actually. So that was at Walt Disney World in Florida, mm -hmm. and uh, I was there 11 years. She stayed on 20 plus, and then she got a job offer in Hong Kong. So she went right from Disney to Hong Kong, uh, Apple actually in Hong Kong. And then uh, I followed her here and said, oh, okay, well, you stuck it out with me for you know all those years in Florida. Um, I will follow you to Hong Kong. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, it's been a blast. 
so what is it like y'all like a power couple like you've worked at y'all both worked at disney you, you like she's worked at apple and you've worked you know in ea like what big major company haven't y'all worked for yet oh well yeah we've hit we've hit some big ones uh and we've been very blessed in in that stuff uh well there, there's it's always the good news bad news thing too right is mm -hmm. these are big big companies and you know you, you call us a power couple for the most part we've been very kind of middle management um you know middle of the 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 group there um it, it's hard to really really rise to the top in a, in a company that's got tens of thousands or hundred thousand employees um you know like apple but uh but we've both been very successful in our careers we've been happy and productive and feel like we've done good work and it's been very rewarding um i will say um, of the companies I've worked for, uh, I mean, Disney was a blast, right? I worked in entertainment for seven years at Disney, then crossed over into IT uh, for my last four years there. Um, but Disney and EA are, are the two that I look back on in my life and just go, wow, those were just incredible experiences. I'm so glad I had those opportunities. So you worked at both Disney and EA. I got to ask you, like, Okay. <laughs> for all my, for all the top top five, for all my top five guests, I have been putting you on the spot question. It's basically, you know, what is your, your favorite things in the industry that you're like known for? You're known for both like games and movies. So I kind of have to ask you, what's your like top five games or movies of all time? Oh boy, um, I can give you a couple, but I don't know about a top five. Um, all right, so uh, well, let's start with video games. Uh, one of my favorite video games, and it is an EA game, is Dead Space. Oh, so that's amazing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the the original version of mm -hmm. that, but this was when I was first, I just started working at EA, and um, my son was just loving it because, you know, I could bring home all these games, right? <laughs> and so um, at one point I had asked him, you know, what EA games, you know, did he want me to bring home? And he had asked for Dead Space, and you know, I brought this game home, and he had played it a little bit. And then one day he made this comment to me. He was like, "Dad, you got to try this game, but don't play it at night." Right? <laughs> I was like, "Okay, you know, mm -hmm. what what's the deal with this one?" So um, anyway, so I one Saturday, I think I you know I, I grabbed the game and I started to play, and it was the first kind of horror genre game that I had played. And it was just awesome. <laughs> I, it, it scared the shit out of me. Um, you know, stuff was jumping out all over the place. And, and I was really new to, to video games. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I was dying everywhere. <laughs> I was just, you know, these things were just ripping me to shreds. And um, anyway, but I I really loved it. I, I stuck it out. I, I played that game all the way through a couple of times. I'm um, trying to get better at, you know, just playing a video game so um yeah so i still look back on that one as being one of my my favorites because it had that impact on me right i mean, mm -hmm. I mean you literally you're like sweating you're like oh my god <laughs> you, know, I, you know i gotta get around this corner there's, there's a whole bunch of beasts on the other side of it right Monsters. that's fun so yeah so um so yeah i kind of like learned to play a first person shooter on uh, on dead space so still one of my favorites um i love the halo series um, mm -hmm. i have played uh, quite a lot of that assassin's creed so you can tell i like shooters yeah um, quite a bit yeah 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 mostly um on the movie side um 
Independence Day, I will say, oh, one、um, of my favorites, my favorite kind of all time. I can watch that one over and over and over again. It never gets old.、Um, just yeah, love the original version of that.、Uh, of course, you know anything Star Trek, Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know,、uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, I read those books in high school. I think I read the series twice, actually. Oh wow! Growing up, like once、mm-hmm. in high school and once again in in college or as a young adult. And so when those movies came out,、um, and if your audience can't tell, yes, I am elderly. You're <laughs> 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 compared to probably most of your audience.、Um, so、uh, yeah, so I've been around、um, a long time. Are you currently and, watching、uh, like Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings show?、Uh, I'm not. I, I probably should be, but I have been just crazy busy right now.、Um, so,、uh, so that's a you know a good thing.、Uh, not、mm. only am I doing some game development stuff,、um, but I'm I'm coding, which is、uh, and doing graphic work and sound effects and visual effects.、Um, kind of doing all of it on on a couple of projects right now, which is really outside of my experience. So, like at Disney or. Um, at EA, where I was a development director, by the time I came into EA,、um, I was pretty senior level guy, right? I was manager of managers level, right?、Mm-hmm. So I was not hands on making the games there,、um, but I just loved what we were doing and working with the just incredibly creative and talented folks, both on the engineering side and on the the art side. And so, yeah, I. Just took an interest in the whole process, and after I I had to leave EA when we moved to Hong Kong. They just、yeah. didn't have a position for me here,、mm-hmm. and、um, you know, trying to do my job remotely in Florida, you know, with a twelve or thirteen hour time difference was just impossible. So、um, they actually kept me on for like six weeks from Hong Kong while we tried to figure out what role <laughs> I I might be able to do,、uh, and then I had a job offer actually with one of our vendors. In China, so I had reached out to one of the folks that we outsourced development、mm-hmm. and testing to in China, and they hired me as account manager back to EA. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, funny. Yeah, yeah. So,、uh, so it ended up, you know, working out. But,、uh, but yeah, in the years since then,、uh, the ten years I, I've been in in Hong Kong, well, I continue to support EA and FIFA,、um, particularly for、uh, several years there. And、uh, and then I got into developing learning games for one of the local universities here. So、oh, that's fun. I've done some, you know, ed tech stuff. I actually had an ed tech startup、um, I did in Hong Kong. Here we started a、uh, a company that did a coding boot camp here, and we taught、um, both web development and and a little bit of game development stuff.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I threw some exercises in there that had the <laughs> had our young coders trying to trying to make some. Some games, just JavaScript stuff. So, yeah. So that's how I, I stay busy. I still do technical consulting.、Uh, I work with、uh, a number of startups, and、um, yeah. Well, that's really cool. Never-ending so... stream of projects. <laughs> yeah, it's glad. I'm glad you're keeping yourself busy. It sounds like there's no end of projects in sight. So,、yeah. I have a question.、Um, What was your favorite game that you actually got to work with while you were EA? Do you have like a sweetheart, like child, or fond memory? Well, most of my time there、uh, in game development was、mm-hmm. in the American Football Group there at, at、uh, um, the 
EA, uh, it's called Tiburon, is mm-hmm. the, the name of the studio there in Florida. Uh, Tiburon, if you didn't know, is the Spanish word for shark. So, uh, <laughs> so that was kind of a, a really fun thing there. They had these sharky awards that they did every year. And um, I was proud to um, my team to get a couple of sharky awards when I was running the IT group there. And then um, I, when I crossed over from IT under the game dev side, they put me on NCAA football, the college football game. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, well, three years I managed art for uh, NCAA football. Mm -hmm. And so you take the IT guy, right? Who's, (laughs) you know, normally running like a data center and IT operations stuff. And you put me in charge of artists. Uh, and I, you know, I can't draw a stick figure that's got the right, you know, proportions. And here I was working with some of the most brilliant and talented, you know, 3D artists you'd ever want to meet. Um, but in- incredible experience. So um, certainly, you know, my heart is with NCAA football. I was so disappointed when they uh, they stopped doing it. Right, there were licensing mm-hmm. problems with NCAA. Um, At least it's coming back kept- now. It is coming back. Yes. Yes. And I, and I did reach out to some of my old buddies who were there like, oh man, I wish I was there. Cause you know, you'd have my resume in your hand. I'd be, you know, trying to get back on that team again. But, uh, but we did work with Madden. Um, of course the two were very closely aligned. A lot of the same tech, uh, mm-hmm. involved in those two games. So, uh, so we worked very, very closely with Madden. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the football games at EA were definitely, um, you know, my sweet spot while I was there. Um, had some exposure to Tiger Woods golf and uh, MMA uh, when they did the MMA game there. Um, NBA was there uh, for a bit while I was there. NASCAR. Um, I worked with all of those teams uh, at, at some point, but all sports, right? So the, that Tiburon studio is EA Sports. It's yeah, it's EA. in the game. Thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all my like uh, growing up. That's a lot of the games that I would play. Basically, I was a, like a part of a big like sports family, and so they would all get me like different sports games for like my birthday or Christmas. So, a yeah. lot of the stuff you worked on, I was definitely consuming. I loved, <laughs> yeah. absolutely love them. I'm happy, like so ecstatic that um NCAA is coming back because that's like like I was telling you, I grew up playing it, so I'm like it's almost like a sweet spot in my heart to be able to play those games again. But yeah, like you worked on football you were you know you worked on soccer you've worked on basketball tiger woods a little bit do you have like a favorite team out of out of those like not in the development side but along the like sports side oh favorite sports fan Mm -hmm. stuff you're talking about yeah (laughs) so um well i'm from massachusetts so i'm a fan of all uh in fact um, if you see me, I, I glance into the side here. Mm-hmm. The, the Red Sox are playing right now. <laughs> Damn it, they uh, they're down again, four-one now. They just suck this year. But I'm a huge uh, Red Sox fan, and um, yeah, Patriots is my mm-hmm. you know football team, New England Patriots. Um, despite losing Tom Brady, we're still mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, of course, I grew up, you know, Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, you know, I'm old enough to remember the real heyday, you know, Bird and, and those guys uh, in Boston. But uh, but when I moved to Florida, I kind of adopted the Orlando Magic. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, and so um, of course they suck forever, like, forever. Yes, mm -hmm. um, since Shaq left. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So a long, long time. That's a, that's a hard slog to be a Magic fan. Oh, for um, sure, Orlando Magic fan. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's pretty much what I follow. Um, I'll admit it's hard from Hong Kong to follow some <laughs> from American sports, sports yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so baseball actually, you know, part of the reason why I follow the baseball is because it's really easy. Uh, the games usually start around seven o'clock in the morning for us mm -hmm. here. So, uh, you know, I'm having my breakfast, I'm having my coffee, I, I put the game on and kind of watch <laughs> it um, in the morning, and it's not too disruptive to my day. But uh, um, American football is is hard to get. Oh man. Um, I bet. And football is not one you can listen to without watching, really. Mm -hmm. It really <laughs> you know? is. It yeah. really is. And like, so, it's very hard. Yeah. So even if I can find the games, the problem is they're usually on, you know, during the daytime hours when I'd be trying to work. So, um, yeah, that's a little distractive. <laughs> <laughs> trying to watch just, a game while you work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, Eric, um, what is like some advice you would give to others who want to get in your field, like especially in the gaming industry? Well, they, they always say, you know, if you want to work in gaming, play games, mm -hmm. right? Really know the games, think about the games, study the games, because um, making games is, I, I won't say it, it doesn't take the fun out of it. Right. So this is sometimes you get into some of these things where, oh, this is so cool. And then you go to try to do it and you realize, oh, my God, this <laughs> is so hard that it's not fun anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but this was one of the things I found really interesting about the game industry is, although there's times when it gets tiring and exhausting and, um, you know, you've worked many, many hours over many months <laughs> straight um, and it is exhausting, but there's always my experience with it is is there's a great joy in the creative process there and the people who make the games love the games right so um we did have some artists who were not football fans making the <laughs> football games um i will admit that but uh but they still loved the process and mm -hmm. the the artistic uh, the creative things they could do even in a sports game um as artists right but uh, if you really, if you want to be on the engineering side, study math. <laughs> yeah, um, it's all math, right? There's just it's physics, and uh, they call it right the game engine. They call it the physics engine, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about physics and um, you know linear algebra and and you know <laughs> even calculus. You get into the the really really high end engineering stuff and. Um, you know, I worked with some guys who, um, so in the art side, uh, one of the specialties, it's called render engineering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's guys who have to figure out how to get this, the CPU GPU to do some of this visual effect processing. And I mean, this is, I mean, really, really deep hardware negotiating, you know, kind of thing. Um, uh, for example, one of the things we had was um, the the grass on the field, right? Yeah. So you got this 3D grass as you're running, you know, you're stepping and there's footprints and uh, degradation, right? The grass mm -hmm. starts to get muddy during the game um, and chopped up and stuff. Um, but when we made the transition and again, kind of dating myself here from like 
you know Xbox Two to Xbox Three, or <laughs> anytime the um, the hardware changes, right?、Um, you got to go back to another cycle of trying to figure out, you know, how much processing time, you know, does it take, and can I do this the same way we did it before? Well, there was a generation there where we kind of lost the 3D effect of the grass. Oh wow!、And、it really became very 2D.、Um, part of it was just cost,、mm-hmm. right? That the the other things we wanted to do、um, outweighed <laughs> the the priority on being able to do the 3D grass.、Um, but I had a couple guys on my team who were just absolutely determined they were going to figure out how to do 3D grass again, really high quality grass、um, uh, within a budget <laughs>、mm-hmm. uh, on the.、Uh, On the on the CPU GPU、um, memory stack there, and、uh, and we spent six months. So literally, I had an engineer and an artist that worked together for six months、um, just on that one thing to try and figure out how to do、um, high quality 3D grass. Now. You, you, you think about that in the context of everything else that's going on in that game, right? To, to spend six months just to try to get this one effect right. But it's not just grass, right? It's grass with a logo painted on it,、mm-hmm. right? It's grass in sunshine, in clouds, in snow, in rain. There's wind. There's say degradation. There's、oh, all、sure. these other things that、um, affect the the visuals of that grass. Um, there's the sidelines. There's the players. There's the、um, the players' shoes interacting with them.、Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every level of detail that goes into to try and create a realistic simulation like that.、Um, and、uh, you know, and the shoes are reflective to some degree, right? So they're picking <laughs> up the color of the grass, and they're picking up the color of the logo as they run across it, or the lines you know,、mm-hmm. on the field. You know, all these things have to be. Um, accounted for when you're gonna gonna change out something. So all that was very very fascinating. So again, you know, the question was about how do you get into the industry? Study, right? Really <laughs>、yeah. get, you know, you got to be you got to be smart and hardworking and、um, and willing to to really dig in on on something that's hard and, and solve problems.、Um, that's what it takes to make you know these high quality video games. Oh, that's amazing,、yeah. man! That's really good <laughs> advice. Because I, I, I'm like, I knew, like, you know, I've always said video game developers were wizards. They, they're the modern day wizards on Earth because they do like they create this like fantasy worlds, even if they're like simulations of what we currently live in. That、yeah. is like amazing to do. Like the, the realism,、mm-hmm. the, the realism is, you know, I can tell you, I, I've seen it.、Um, you know, well. So this was more than ten years ago now, and we were trying to do、um, kind of AI facial animation,、mm-hmm. um, and、uh, you know this stuff is so so hard. And of course now it's getting better and better and better. It's, it's just amazing they can、uh, model somebody's face and then、uh, right. But、um, and and we were literally right. So we were trying to get so、um, you didn't have to pre-animate the script to the face. Right,、oh, wow. so、you could make somebody、mm-hmm. say something, right? But you had an animator in there going, "All right, the mouth moves、mm-hmm. up and down, and the eyes, and you know." And they were trying to adjust thirty different things on the face, you know, frame by frame, to make it look natural that they're they're saying something and they're being expressive. And we were trying to figure out how do you do this logically, procedurally, right? 
Mm -hmm. So the code, you can kind of send it and say, all right, it's listening to the audio. It's recognizing, right? Voice recognition It's recognizing the, the sounds and it can shape the mouth to those sounds, right? So, ah, oh, ooh, ee, you know, you mm -hmm. can, um, you know, we would model all of that stuff, but then you get this very kind of robotic thing and, and the eyes have to match and, um, you know, various expressions, uh, and stuff. So. The, the levels of, you know, layering of logic in there um, is uh, is really, really, really challenging. Years and years and years, right? Um, oh, for sure. Um, so that's another, you know, interesting thing. And, and this is the advantage of a large company and studio like mm -hmm. EA, right? A small company, they can't invest years, oh, no. right? And, and say, oh, yeah, we're going to work on this facial animation thing. And it's going to take us five years to you know, to have something we can actually show. Um, and so, uh, anyway, but EA, you know, can make those kinds of investments in that, in that tech. I have a question. Yeah. What is it like to, for, especially like when you're on the EA side of things, of like having that deadline of, of having a release every single year, because like a lot of other, you know, studios don't have the benefit of like, they can build their sequel out for three to five years versus EA had to put out a game almost every single year. Oh, we didn't kind of have to, we had to. Yeah. So, so this was kind of life or death there, mm -hmm. right? It was, um, you know, you didn't miss your, your ship deadline for Madden, right? Mm -hmm. This was a, you know, a billion dollar franchise, <laughs> right? And, um, for sure. and, and yeah, you, you know, the game had to launch. And so, yeah, so there was tremendous pressure. We did have um, that um, hanging over you. So there was the fun of making the game, but then there was a schedule to keep. And you can imagine, right, with a title like Development Director, this was a big part of my job was to make sure. Um, and so the, the challenge always there was, you know, scope versus schedule kind of thing, mm, yeah. right? You got these designers are like, oh my God, I just thought of this crazy, great feature. This, you know, everybody's going to love this. And as a development director, you're going, yeah, that's really nice. But, you know, we have to ship, right? You know, we don't have time to throw that in. You know, if we do that, we're going to be uh, you know, way behind schedule. Just no way. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be behind schedule. It's going to blow up all kinds of all kinds of stuff so sorry i had to plug my power in no you're good my you're computers. good i'm you know it's really good yeah. to know this insight because a lot of people you know don't necessarily know what it takes to make a game or like that that one feature such as the grass takes like six yeah. months worth of development so that's one of the like really cool insights yeah. there that a lot of people well and we know didn't about. know with the grass whether it was going to make it into the game <laughs> what? In that cycle right it was like yeah we might have worked on it you know for six months and then never got there right or got there so late that it was too late to add it in too risky you know to to make mm -hmm. that change so um so yeah these things are are sometimes a a risk um now you also have to understand the size of the teams we were dealing with there so um i think ncaa football when i was there there was probably about 80 people involved but mm -hmm. madden was well over a hundred and there was probably 20 to 30 that were kind of working on both. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? So, um, and then there was the, we called the central teams, which I actually moved to a central team after I was on NCAA. I was in the uh, EA Sports online group that supported mm -hmm. all of the teams with kind of core central infrastructure stuff. 
So leaderboards and, you know, there's things that you don't want every team to have to go create <laughs> yeah. um, that are, that are common stuff. Yeah. So we had a, a central team there that uh, supported all of the teams. Did you ever um, yeah. get to meet any famous athletes while you were at EA? You know, I seem to have just terrible luck with such things. Oh, that's, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, Tiger Woods was there and I was like doing something and somebody went, Oh, you just missed Tiger Woods. I'm like, really? You um, couldn't come you get know. me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal was there one day and one of my friends, you know, saw him in the gym, mm -hmm. like down the road, you know, from where I live. He was like, yeah, I was in the gym and, and Shaquille O'Neal walked in and worked out, you know, it was like, wow. Okay. So I'm never in the right place at the right time for those oh, things. That um, now Disney was very different. Um, mm -hmm. I met a lot of famous people at, at Disney. Um, like who? And I can say I shook Michael Jackson's hand. What? what? Uh -huh. The king of yeah. pop himself? What? The, the king of pop himself. Now, I was in a character costume, so it wasn't like it was me. But <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but still, he, he was a huge Disney fan and a nutcase for the Disney characters. And uh, that was when I first started there. In fact, the first year, 1985, um, at Disney... Yeah, I was doing uh, characters in a parade, and at the end of the parade, they uh, um, they had him just outside the park. Mm -hmm. So as the parade was exiting the park, uh, Michael Jackson was standing there greeting all of us as we came off uh, off the parade route. So uh, so anyway, so that was that was fun. But um, yeah, I met Danny DeVito. Um, oh, got to talk cool. to him. That one, mm -hmm. um, you know, he we had quite a conversation. Um, oh. Uh, 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 Donny Osmond had, oh, okay. had a, had a mm -hmm. fairly lengthy conversation with Donny Osmond one day. Um, he just walked up to me and started talking to me, um, asking me questions and stuff. Uh, super nice guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a whole whole bunch of folks there that I met when I was at Disney. Man, that's um, great. I worked in, in entertainment and, you know, they, mm -hmm. they came through. A lot of them performed, uh, you know, and, and stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, EA, I... I, I just seemed to be in the wrong place uh every time one of these famous people came in i wasn't there oh man that i would be so disheartened to like miss out on meeting Shaq or tiger woods because both of those were people <laughs> like growing up those were like my mount rushmore of like sports videos. yeah mm -hmm. yes yes i was really bummed um <laughs> now admittedly you know meeting Shaq would have been an interesting experience for me because um i'm only five foot four. Oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like um, you know, this would have been like, oh my God, you know, just a giant, literally a giant of a man mm -hmm. compared to me. Um, but, uh, but we had a guy actually, you worked in HR, um, at EA at the time, uh, when I first started there, who was like six foot seven, I think. And, um, and I still remember standing in an elevator with him. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm like looking at your belly button, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's yeah, interesting when you get to meet that's fun folks like that, that you idolize. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. At least you got to meet Michael Jackson though. That's an experience. Like I would tell my kids, my grandkids yeah. and anyone else who was listening about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was, yep. One of those moments, uh, wasn't planned. I didn't know he was going to be there. I'm coming off the parade route and, uh, there's Michael Jackson. All man, I, oh, yeah. He was giddy like a kid, you know, jumping around. And, uh, I would have been giddy too. Like, I'm yeah, yeah, like, shaking my hand. Yeah. That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. So, yep. 
really quick, Eric. Um, we are about four minutes uh, like away from like the end in meeting from the Zoom <laughs> one. I'm gonna send you another oh, yes. one really quick, and okay. we'll wrap up. Well, we only have like two major questions left though. Okay. All right. All right. We'll take a quick, quick break here, and uh, be right back. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. See you in one second. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. All right. So. You still there? Yep. All right. So sending you the link right now. go and and we're back okay so sorry right. about that so i'm hearing a little echo are we both muted you now Thank we you. are all right there we go okay. <laughs> now we are that was my fault so <laughs> eric you were so we we were talking about your history with ea we were talking about disney and meeting famous people i have a question though nowadays you kind of pivoted a bit your hobbies are outside of outside of gaming and outside <laughs> of disney you run a podcast as well and your show has a unique premise to it would you mind telling the people about the no harm in asking podcast sure yeah no harm in asking it, it, it's kind of a well maybe it's a funny story a little bit about how we ended up doing this but um i had this startup i was working with that had this tool for interviewing and we got thinking about the podcasting uh, industry and that maybe this should be a, a target for this app that you could uh, use to prepare for an interview. And as we got thinking about it, we thought, well, what do we know about podcasting, right? And so we just started looking at, at listening to different podcasts and kind of really thinking about how podcasts are made and how these interviews are planned and, and, and all of that. And the more we looked at podcasting, the more interesting it was we just got fascinated it was just this crazy variety of podcasts out there um and more disconcerting right i'm a systems guy right i like solve problems and and scientifically if you will right mm -hmm. uh, methodically you know everything's got to have a pattern to it and we couldn't find the patterns in things right it was like you know it seems like there's some rules oh if you do these things it's going to work and then we would could easily find exceptions where somebody was doing everything wrong and had millions of listeners right so um both mike and i just kind of became fascinated in that so no harm in asking became a podcast about podcasts right <laughs> so we review other podcasts and try to figure out you know what are they doing that works so well Mm -hmm. Right. And, and in some cases, what are they doing that's just kind of unique, that's different, that's interesting, that maybe other podcasters could try? And so um, this was kind of born out of probably almost six months of Mike and I studying the podcast industry and trying to figure out, you know, how does this work? You know, why are people podcasting? Why are they successful? Um, why do so many fail? Right. Because, you know, 
I, I believe they still say, you know, nine out of 10 podcasters don't make it past 10 episodes, mm -hmm. right? Um, they, they fail at this. And so this concerned us too, because you know, we also, we work with startups. Uh, Mike and I are both part of a, a kind of a conglomerate group um, that, uh, that helps podcasters. And so, or not podcasters, helps um, startups. Um, but I see a podcast as being just like starting a new business, right? When you launch a podcast, it's, there's very little difference, um, you know, in terms of the way you should approach it to, to starting a new business. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. So it just seemed like a really good fit for us to talk about how do you do a podcast and what can we learn from some of the best that are out there? So, so that's what we do. We we kind of study them, we analyze them, and then um, each week we do a different podcast. So from Joe Rogan to Megan Dom to you know Adam Grant and Tim Ferriss, and uh, recently we did some of the crime ones. We've done sports ones. Um, so uh, yeah, so we we kind of break them down and go, you know, what's interesting uh, about this podcast, about this series, about this host, this you know uh, the styles. Mm -hmm. yeah it's so, uh, it's been a lot of fun yeah that sounds like fun and it sounds like you have a very unique premise because i've never heard of any other show like that no there's there's podcasts about podcasting but they're generally kind of advice things that yeah. say you mm -hmm. know oh you should go do this that or the other thing and you know here's the best way to record sound or host and publish your podcast All right there's there's lots of shows like that yeah the um, how-to's Right, right. There's even some that, you know, kind of hinge on reviews, um, but they do it more from the audience perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Why you should listen to these, these podcasts as a listener. Um, we do it much more from the perspective of the podcaster, right? Mm -hmm. As a podcaster, what can you learn from these podcasts? So yeah, it's a, it, so far it's been unique and we've had good reception to it. Uh, we're still new, right? We're only six months or so in, but it's uh, it's going pretty well. And and we figured, right? We committed to a year. Um, we said, yeah, we're not going to be one of those ten and done, <laughs> you know, ones where we just get tired and you know we've only got five listeners, so we give up. Um, no, we said we're going to figure it takes a year because we also did this from scratch. Right. Mm -hmm. Neither of us had any real social media presence or following. Nobody knew who we were. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it's been interesting uh, experience in trying to grow something from nothing and figure out how to, you know, make people aware of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a really cool show and really cool premise. Have you do you have like a favorite like podcast that you reviewed so far? Um. Well, our most popular episode is the Joe Rogan Experience mm -hmm. one, mostly because it was pretty controversial, um, you know, in that we don't like it, right? <laughs> we, we, you know, we don't think he deserves the kind of following he's got uh, in mm -hmm. terms of what he contributes, right? He pretty much shows up and shoots the shit for two hours, mm -hmm. right? Um, he doesn't seem to prepare. He doesn't do anything structurally, you know, he... he He's smoking pot most of the time, um, you know, on, on the episodes, um, you know, it's very, very casual for him yet. He's, you know, a hundred million dollar contract with Spotify. Right. So the guy's making just unbelievable money doing this. So, um, but he, he does have 
you know, tens of millions of followers and fans. And so putting out a, a review that basically said, you know, we don't really think, you know, Joe Rogan is, uh, is great at this and doesn't deserve the success he's got. Um, it's been our most popular one, um, mostly because there were a bunch of Joe Rogan fans who came out and hated on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but that stirred up things and, and got people to listen. Um, my favorites, uh, kind of the, the podcast we've enjoyed reviewing the most, um, uh, Tim Ferriss is a really, really interesting, extremely smart guy. Um, uh, revisionist history with Malcolm Gladwell, I think was a really, really good one. Um, and we kind of get better and better at this, even, you know, the, the most recent ones, um, you know, we just did, uh, serial and crime junkie, um, you know, those are a very, very popular kind of crime genre ones, uh, you know, really enjoyed, uh, listening to those podcasts, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, they're, they're, uh, very fun to listen to. So, yeah. Um, so and Eric- we are going to do game <laughs> genre at some point here. Um, this one's a little harder for us because it's not Michael's thing at all. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's my interest, but not his. So, um, we'll, we'll sort that out. <laughs> so how yeah. do you decide which podcast um like how do y'all go about which podcast y'all are going to focus on do, is there we listen sh- to lots and lots of them and mm-hmm. then you know between the two of us right we'll we'll listen to something and go oh that's interesting right we haven't seen that before or seen somebody go at it that way before um and so that's usually right like i'll, I'll send michael a note and say oh listen to this episode you know they did something really interesting here or he'll send me one and say oh this was kind of cool um and so uh so that's really it is we just keep listening to a lot of them of course now we've got more relationships with other podcasters and I uh, participated in the, the podcast movement conference this year. I actually got a scholarship to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to just connect with a bunch of other podcasters. And so we're getting a lot more recommendations now, too, where people are reaching out to us and saying, hey, um, you know, you should listen to this podcast. It, you know, it's really interesting or, or cool what they're doing. Um, so, you know, yeah, th- there's no shortage of content out there. There's so many really good, interesting podcasts yeah so um you went to a podcast movement did you go in person or was it over skype no i had to do it virtually from hong kong Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so um so yes hopefully next year i'll be able to get there but i had just done a trip to the u.s this Mm -hmm. year after three years not hugging my kids i finally got over there and um and then when i got back i they offered me the scholarship um, to the uh, to the thing and i went oh well yeah but I, I really can't just turn around and go back to the U.S. You know, expensive and oh, yeah. um, and you have quarantine problems coming back mm-hmm. to, to Hong Kong. Oh, they're yeah. very tight here on trying to keep COVID out. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet yeah. America's not quite that way. It is no, no, yeah, we couldn't believe how open it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Hong Kong is still we're not like locked down or anything, but yeah, hundred um, percent mask wear everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't leave your you know your, your house without a mask on and um and they're still you know every day the news pretty much starts with how many cases were there in Hong Kong, and <laughs> they're yeah. very very focused on, on on trying to control it here 
Yeah, so I gotta, like, going back to the the gaming universe, I have a question for you. So your son is a gamer. He's, he, you know, growing up, he's always he, been he a gamer He grew up as that well. way, yes, yeah. absolutely, yes. Yeah, did you, did your son a lot, play a lot of the games that you directly worked on? And what was it like, what, like, watching your son play those games? So, um, I wish I could say he did, but <laughs> he didn't like the sports games. At all? Pretty much at all. He didn't play any of the sports games. So, okay. um, you know, and I brought home, you know, Madden and Tiger mm -hmm. and, you know, um, Tiger on the Wii was really fun. Um, yeah. You know, I, I might have gotten him to play a little bit of that one, but uh, no, he was, um, well, yeah, shooters and um, more know, so action GTA. adventure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he was not so interested in, uh, in the sports games, unfortunately. Oh, so. that's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> Well, at least you yeah. got to see him play a little bit of Tiger Woods on the Wii. Yeah. Well, and I'll, you know, I have to laugh too, right? So I wasn't a big sports game guy either, right? So mm -hmm. when I went on the NCAA team, so this was really funny because, um, you know, the rest of the leadership there, these were guys who had been working on and playing, you know, American football games between Madden and NCAA for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys were really, really good at it. Right. So, but part of my job, right. I actually had an Xbox and a PlayStation in my office and my boss would come by and say, play the effing game, you know, <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right, I got to play the game. Right. Right. So, um, so you were just always trying to play the game, but these guys would laugh at me. Oh my God. They would, they would watch me playing this go, what are you doing? You know, what, mm -hmm. why, why, you know, and, um, but then they realized I was a great test case because they were so surrounded by people who, you know, kind of intuitively knew what to do, mm -hmm. right? So they'd be testing some new feature and it made perfect sense to them. And I'd be looking at the new feature going, I don't know what to do. You know? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, Eric doesn't know what to do with that. You know, what, what does that mm -hmm. mean to us in terms of the design, right? So, um, so I became a good test case for them. You know, I was like the only one, you know, in probably in the company who was playing the games like on easy level, because if I didn't, you know, I couldn't score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah um so anyway yeah it, it they say it takes a village right it, it actually yeah. was it was helpful to them when they realized that oh actually he's a good test case because that's really you know, funny no clue you know how do you you know how to use these playbook and yeah you know, these games are complex right mm -hmm. you know the strategies and offensive lineup you know and you know doing your roster and, and all this stuff and you know for these guys we're like oh yeah i'm in there and it, you know I'm calling audibles and stuff. I'm like, calling an audible. I, I don't know how to call an audible. I'm like, I can figure out how to run a pass play here. That's you know? And, um, <laughs> it is one of those things to where, like, you yeah. also, it's like understanding two different things at the same time. People will kind of underestimate sports games because they're they're so commonplace in our society. We're just ingrainedly yeah. used to them. But, like, you have to know the sport to the T, and you also have to know, like, the game mechanics. It is yeah. one of those yeah. things that go hand in hand. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah, no, that was uh that was a funny part of my experience there. And um they put up with me um, <laughs> you know. So I have one last EA related question. Um like did any of the studios outside of yours like cross like you know like work together? Did they did you ever work with like EA Big or anything back in the day? Um well we worked very closely with uh, the studio in Vancouver because that was the other sports studio, mm -hmm. right? So that's where FIFA was made and NHL and, um, you know, some other games 
Now, when I was on the other side, the um, the vendor side, uh, I did work. I worked with the Sims uh, on on one you know little project there. Um, we did some other testing, so we got a little bit of exposure to some of the other studios. Um, mm -hmm. More of the exposure I got was actually when I was in the IT side before I moved into into a game team because the IT organization spanned you know, kind of all of the studios, right? We were all trying to be, you know, well, email systems and you know, <laughs> enterprise systems, right? That you had to support that were that were kind of global, and so. Um, yeah, when I would go to the EA meetings, the like corporate meetings, you'd meet the the IT guys from, you know, all you know, Dice and and wherever, all all the different studios. Yeah, would would show up, and you'd get to meet those guys. So, um, yeah, some exposure to the rest of the organization. <laughs> well, that's pretty fun. That's yeah. Pretty fun. <laughs> So Eric, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed the conversations, hearing the stories, man. Like completely losing my mind. You met Michael Jackson. Like these, like you're amazing, dude. <laughs> you're absolutely amazing. Uh, so I'm glad stories. you liked that story. Yeah, I'd really did. Yeah. I'm, I'm a oh, huge good. Michael Jackson fan. Like, okay, yeah, yeah that, that one hit very close to home. So, all right. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, though. So. Yeah, awesome. I thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I look forward to listening to it <laughs> well thank you man yeah. anytime you want to come back you're more than welcome before we go where can the good people find you well of course uh no harm in asking is on all the platforms so you can mm -hmm. find our podcast there um i also have a Substack channel so i i set up a newsletter it's actually like a blog a weekly journal of my podcasting um experience here right my adventure in podcasting so and that's just ericbyron.substack.com um you should be able to find me on there uh, of course i'm on you know linkedin and twitter you know at eric r byron um i'm on instagram so yeah um i can send you the 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 handles there if you want yeah, to put them in sure. your in your notes yeah yeah send me the handles i'll put them in the notes in the descriptions but i'm so sorry like i was just worried about like not messing up my ending there and i was just like oh. i completely skipped that part oh that's okay that's all right <laughs> well thank you again for being on the show and we look forward to catching you in the next one all right bye, Eric. thanks bye, bye. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Eric Byron for being a guest on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!